Good morning everybody, it is Thursday 16th of July and I have waited until the Chinese GDP number came out to do the podcast and it is a good looking number up 3.2%, forecasts were for 2.4% and it is up from a 6.8% fall in the first quarter. There is always a bit of scepticism about Chinese GDP numbers because they managed to pop them out just a few days, a couple of weeks after the end of the quarter. They must have a lot of accountants adding a lot of stuff up extremely quickly. But despite the good number, interestingly, the Aussie dollar hasn't bounced and I'm looking for the negatives in there. I can't really see any. The retail sales number was a bit disappointing with a 1.8% fall against expectations of a 0.5% rise. But then we've never really, our market's never really moved around on Chinese retail sales numbers, it has to be said. And on the back of a number like that, if you told me that was going to be the number I would have bought BHP and Rio this morning, expecting them to shoot off but they've had a small rise on the back of the GDP number but not really doing a lot so not setting our market alight at first pass let's see how the rest of the day goes maybe it'll kick in a little bit later back to the market we saw the Dow Jones up 228 points that's after a 500 point rise the day before so strong stuff but it was off the top by the close it was up 429 at one point so closing 200 points off the top our futures this morning were up 22 we opened up 25 and we've been down as much as 19 and after the GDP number here the market is down 14 so it hasn't really picked up at all on the back of all that what has been driving the market of course recently has been vaccine hopes and we did have a bit of a laugh this morning our morning meeting when we started discussing the Moderna trials and we found ourselves asking how many people were in these trials and were there antibodies in all of them and what were the side effects and were the side effects serious then we suddenly realized actually we're not scientists we don't know what we're doing when it comes to assessing a vaccine and although there is some news about the vaccine we do think it is over optimism as Hamish Douglas wrote in his shareholder letter yesterday, which was in the strategy piece yesterday. Confirmation bias is leading many investors to seize on the positive scientific news they so badly want. The generalists get very confident, but the closer you get to the scientists, the less confident you get. So one of the points in our strategy summary today is that optimism based on vaccine hopes is not enough. We are not going to throw $70 million around on the back of a Moderna trial and whether 45 people had side effects or not. We're not scientists. So the vaccine news needs to be hardcore before we put investors on its coattails. And at the moment, the market is biased to believe what it desperately wants to be true on the thinnest of evidence. But we are not going to go all in because of vaccine hopes. We need vaccine evidence and we don't have that yet. So we are still, I'm afraid in cash. Now in the newsletter today I provided links to Hamish Douglas's article on Livewire worth a read. He is saying that the outcome is uncertain and it could be good, it could be bad, but at the moment he's in 15% cash and the headline is something to do with him staying in cash. There's also an article there from Graham Hand from Morningstar who puts together the first links newsletter. And he has a quote at the top of that, which says, As in all periods of speculation, men sought not to be persuaded by the reality of things, but to find excuses for escaping into the new world of fantasy. And then he goes on to show you a bunch of reasons why the equity market is overvalued. And we sort of agree with these clever men that logic says avoid, whilst the herd says play. Well, we continue to avoid. 
And I don't apologize for that. We are looking after other people's money and we are not going to throw it into the market for any other reason than we think it's going up and at this point we don't. A couple of other things in the strategy piece today. We are looking for income. We have distilled the top 200 for yield, trend, value and built a watch list. And we are duty bound in our income SMA to acquire income for our investors over the results season, which is just about to start. Obviously, it starts really in the beginning of August. And our list is more based on safety and income than growth. So it will not necessarily translate to stocks we would put in our growth SMA, just our income SMA. And for you as members, you might find if you are a retiree investor looking for income, you will find that list of stocks quite interesting when we finalize it, which we will do in the newsletter at some point. There is no rush. The dividends are still weeks away. And with some of the stocks, we need not take the market risk over the results if we don't want to. You can buy a stock after its results before the dividend. And that actually is quite a good technique sometimes, even for growth stocks or any stock with results, rather than bet on the results being good or bad, it is a good idea to wait until the results are out. From that point on, you have three to six months of fairly risk-free investment because all the numbers are already on the table and there is very unlikely to be any fundamental shift for some period of time. So you can wait for the results. It is a good technique. And if they are good and a stock pops, yes, you miss the initial rise. But generally speaking, after a set of good results, that can start a trend. And even though you may miss a day, it's probably better to know what the situation is and invest than take the risk ahead just in case it pops on the day. So we'll probably with some of these income stocks, maybe not take the risk. We've still got two weeks, four weeks of the market to worry about as well. We won't rush in ahead of results season, but we do have to collect income for our income investors. So we'll be doing that. And as members, you might find the list of stocks we buy of some interest. And we'll highlight those stocks as we come into the results season. Otherwise, we saw an interesting rally in the energy sector in the US for the last couple of days. OPEC had a somewhat optimistic statement about a pickup in demand, although interestingly, they say the demand in 2021 will not reach pre-pandemic levels. And when you hear about United Airlines overnight laying off 45% of their staff, American Airlines laying off 18%, and Delta and American Airlines saying that air travel is slowing again, after an initial rally after the first lockdowns came off, you realize the travel industry damage is longer term and it's unlikely there's going to be another miraculous recovery trade in either that sector or the energy sector. One bounce from oversold levels in March was really good, but it's a bit optimistic to expect another. Economic hopes are less V-shaped than they were. People are more realistic about the outlook rather than investing with their hair on fire. And I've put charts of Woodside and Origin as a couple of examples in the newsletter today. And I have to say their charts are somewhat uninspiring, not really dragging us on a technical basis to buy them at the moment. But we do need to keep an eye on that sector. It is a long-term industry. It will eventually recover. And at some point, you will detect that in the charts. It's not there today, though. Finally, there was another good article out of the First Links newsletter about pandemic themes or post-pandemic themes. I've 
summarize them in the newsletter today, but industries that are doing well with the pandemic. They include hardware, and there's anecdotal evidence of this. Tradies are flat chat at the moment. Bunnings is full. Anyway, various stocks that will benefit out of the hardware boom or the I'd better do that job around the house boom. One of them is Wes Farmers. At home electronics, I've done the same thing. iPads, microphones, bigger screens. If I'm going to work at home, might as well be comfortable. So at Home Electronics, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, probably a couple of others as well. Avoiding public transport, good for the auto sector, good for Transurban maybe. Eating in, food, Woolworths, Coles, Metcash, blood. I don't know why that was in the article. It doesn't seem to be a beneficiary of lockdown to me or pandemic. But anyway, CSL. Private health. I thought this was interesting. NIB Holdings and Medibank. Everyone is still paying their premiums, but no one is using private health anymore. As you might be aware yourself, people have backed off elective surgeries, yet they're still paying their premiums. But the health companies are not paying out. So should be making more profits. And another interesting beneficiary of people being locked up at home, insurance companies, Suncorp, IAG, less traffic accidents when people are staying at home, a lot less traffic on the roads. And that period of time could be very, very beneficial to the insurance companies. And finally, domestic tourism. And the equation in the article is that Australians spend far more going overseas than overseas people spend coming to Australia. So if we are locked down as a nation, we are probably going to be spending more in Australia as domestic travellers than the international travellers were spending in Australia when they came here. So that could be a beneficiary. Anyway, good article. Have a look at that. I've got the usual charts of the number of deaths and cases in the US and the cases are still ripping up although there was a little bit of a turnover in deaths a bit of a slowing in deaths what a morbid world the investment world is anyway there we go for today so the message is we have had a good bump in the markets over the last week and in the last couple of days on the back of hopes for a vaccine which we think are not hard evidence enough for us to get involved and today although we thought the GDP number would pop the resources sector which has run hard into the GDP number today it just hasn't happened as I sign off the markets down 23 BHP and Rio haven't really rallied at all and the Aussie dollar doesn't seem to be impressed so it seems we've survived the Chinese optimism and we are left up to our own devices now so a bit soft today I see the US futures are down 123. Maybe this little rally we've had is over and I can sleep at night for once without looking at my phone every 10 minutes to see if I've got it wrong and the market is still going up. I sleep a lot more soundly at the moment when the market goes down. Apologies for members, apologies to investors, but that's the way it is when you're a fund manager. Fair bit of stress involved, I have to say. I could do without it. Anyone know a good fund manager? No, I love it. I'm just joking. You have a good day. I'll speak to you tomorrow.